back to another episode of the Best Minutes Podcast. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts examine the 1946 William Wyler-directed film, Best Years of Our Lives, one minute of screen time per episode. I'm one of your co-hosts, Tierney Steele. I'm here because of the MASH Minute! Woo! Yay! We're awesome! That's my co-host, Megan! What? (laughs) Megan has been corrupted into the world of podcasts, and also corrupted into the world of podcasts by MASH Minute is our guest, Chris Callahan. Hey, I'm back. Let's do this. (laughs) So we're back today to talk about Minute 47. Minute 47 is a transition to a new scene minute. It starts with Millie and Peggy picking up Fred where he has fallen asleep in the doorway or outside the doorway of his wife's apartment building. And it ends with Peggy putting him to sleep in a very frilly four poster. Oh, yes. We see a man socks. Pretty racy stuff. No, I'm just kidding. Ah. So where would you guys like to begin? Well, I do like, you know, they they do a good job of getting him into the car and more good physical comedy, good Mm -hmm. teamwork, mother-daughter. It's good. And I just like a quick note, when they get him back in the car, they put him in the back seat, you get a good reference to the last minute with Al putting his hand (laughs) and like tapping it and as he gets snuggling in the back seat, like that little continuity there. I appreciate it. Fred seems more drunk when they pick him up, but I think that is more of a waking up thing. Yeah. Having had to try and keep a toddler from taking a nap, I now understand <laughs> that we're like, you you sit him up and he opens his eyes and he looks at you and then he just closes his eyes again and tries to fall back down. You're like, no, 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 no. We said we weren't taking a nap today. You're supposed to go to bed in half an hour. And he's like, no, I'm done now. <laughs> <laughs> it's time. <laughs> Did anyone else think Myrna Loy, Millie's voice, sounded a little weird in this minute? She almost sounded like she was, like, actually straining, not pretending to strain under the weight of a man. <laughs> like, did Data Andrews actually, like, step on a foot or something? Like, what was going on there? <laughs> well, I did sort of wonder how many times they had to rehearse this to make it look not so awkward. You know, like, natural, not awkward. Yeah. Because they kind of throw him in the back seat, which I appreciate. exactly. <laughs> yes. That's what you want. Awesome, yeah, it just threw me off a little bit. And then, of course, it got me started thinking about Hollywood stars of this era and how the women would all try and have the husky Lauren Bacall voice, which, uh, yeah. uh, if you didn't know, I'm here to tell you, and I feel bad because I do not have the facts or her autobiography in front of me to back <laughs> it up, but... Lauren Bacall didn't always sound like that. She wasn't always Lauren Bacall either, Betty. But uh, there was a lower pitch that was considered very attractive. Mm. And a lot of women really messed up their vocal cords doing it. Because there's a difference between doing it for, like, an impression and doing it for the rest of your career (laughs) in her case. (laughs) Um, If that just becomes how people think you talk and then you have to do it for the next 60 years, it'll (laughs) mess with you. And so there was just something in the way she was speaking in this minute that made me think like, oh, I wonder if Myrna Loy learned to talk, (laughs) basically, (laughs) for Hollywood. I could be totally off base. I don't know. But that was that was one thing. And then, of course, I was enjoying the lovely couple. (laughs) Yes, that was a nice little mother-daughter joke I liked. That nice little laugh. Yeah, Millie and Peggy have a good relationship. Yeah, good to see that on screen. They definitely don't have the... uh, stereotypical teenage daughter and mother relationship 
Now, what are the ages? What's the daughter's age supposed to be roughly? Do they specify or? Good question. Yeah. She works at the hospital. Okay. So she's obviously out of high school. Yep. But is she in college age? Oh, is she past Because yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Al said when he got home, you know, like they're all grown up. Okay. But th- he would think that whatever, he's yeah. been gone for years. So mm. it's it's hard to tell exactly. For some reason, and I don't know where I got this, I like decided that at the beginning of this movie, Peggy was 19. It could fit there, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that's because I read it somewhere, one person said it in passing once, or I made it up. <laughs> <laughs> one thing I didn't make up that I noticed, and I guess I'll mention it here, even though I think this minute it's done well. So I was very surprised because this score for the best years of our lives won an Oscar. Oh. In fact, yeah. the first Oscar for original score. Oh, wow. oh, it was the first one? Oh, I didn't realize that. The first Best Picture Oscar... Oh, no, no, no. The first Best Picture Oscar winner to also win for score. I'm so oh, sorry. Okay. I said that wrong. Oh. The category oh. obviously already existed. It's just... Okay, that's what I was confused by. I was like, really? Like, 1946 was the year I'm they so were like, sorry. we should, like, recognize music in a movie? <laughs> like- but here's the thing. When I did not know that trivia when I was watching that movie through, you know, when we first said like, oh, we're going to do best years of our lives. I better rewatch that movie. I did not like the score for this movie. There, it is full Hmm. on horror film scoring in huge (laughs) swaths of this movie. Important heart wrenching moments are scored like someone's about to pull a knife out from behind their back and start stabbing someone. I don't think that's just me growing up watching slasher films that's saying that. <laughs> and so you cannot imagine the vindication I felt when I read in that same trivia section, director William Wyler despised the score. <laughs> I'm like, yes, it was not just me. <laughs> but then it won an Oscar. So like, it's like, what do you do? There with you that? go. <laughs> it's fascinating. Yeah, I never, you would think a lot of best picture winners would often win along with score, but I don't, that's, huh. I wonder if it's used as a consolation category. Oh, I'd have to look. Yeah. But I would be curious to see if you give best score and a bunch of other things to the dramatic, but too dramatic. It's such a downer. And yeah. then you give the actual best picture to something that's a little more fun. That's, that makes a lot of sense. Shakespeare and mm-hmm. Lovier. Oh, yes. <laughs> but yeah, that was just a little thing that I found in the IMDb trivia. So, of course, I don't have a citation for it. I'm so sorry, guys. But yeah, this this score. And it's very weird to bring up here, but I don't have a better place to bring it up. Because I actually think the score in this minute and the previous, like, it's doing good. Mm. It's really emphasizing the comedy of it, but it's not overwhelming. It's not, like, in your face. Kind of sets the time of day feel of it and just, yeah. So it's it's a little awkward to bring up here. I'm like, but this part's good. But <laughs> I could not, I could not let my time on this podcast pass without mentioning that, like, just pay attention later in this film when it's like, this is a serious moment. And you're worried that, like, you know, Nosferatu's about to <laughs> pop out. The twist ending. <laughs> that no one saw coming. <laughs> What else we got other than our favorite cutest couple? I love 
Al and oh. Fred in the back seat so much. And that last moment of Al trying to figure out what's going on is like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> but I like that he goes with it. Like, he was totally fine with this. And then he's like, wait, this is not Millie's hand. He's <laughs> like, this is a man's hand. But then he's also like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> The eyes opening horror is not that it's a guy. It's that it is not Millie who is who he was against. What happened to Millie? What? Millie was the dream? I don't know. But it's so funny because the minute they lean against each other in the backseat, my first thought was, this is how this evening was always meant to end. Is the two servicemen just drunk, passed out together in the backseat. Taking care of each other. Being buddies. You know... I've studied a lot of really awful things that my brain would very much like to eternal sunshine of the spotless mind being a a military history major, but this is a really sweet place into that narrative moment. Yeah. Mm. Been through a lot. They can relax, celebrate. And what I love is before yesterday or before earlier today, Mm -hmm. probably yesterday by this point, they didn't know each other. They were in totally different Theaters of war, different branches, technically the same service, but not for much longer. Thanks, Hap Arnold. <laughs> but there's that instant connection. They they had an instant connection. They were friends. And now, even if it was a stranger, you get the feeling like they would just be like, yeah, no, I'm very sleepy. I'm going <laughs> to lean against you. I'm very sleepy, too. Here, put your arm up here. There we go. That's more comfy. <laughs> pat, pat. <laughs> Sorry, just saying lean against reminded me of one of the best military fictional friendships ever and not the part about shrimp because no one cares about that no matter what time square tries to tell you but bubba and forrest gump Bubba, Gump. Oh. they got each other it's so sweet like you lean against me and i'll lean against you that way we don't have to sleep with our heads in the mud like that's oh i've seen the movie forever it kills me because his last line is why this have to happen to us, Forrest, and I don't understand how that isn't referenced oh, in, like, yeah. every story of Vietnam freaking <laughs> ever. <laughs> I think it's just because, like, people figured, like, oh, Forrest Gump, that's so cheesy, boomer, revisionism, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, that's a really tender and important moment that we as a nation should probably take another second with. <laughs> you know, it's one of those that... um. Side note, in terms of podcasts, there's one called Blank Check, where they talk about directors' filmographies that had a really good early success, and they can kind of do whatever they want. And they've been doing um, Zemeckis, so they discussed uh, Forrest Gump. Mm. And again, it's just a really kind of a deep dive in that. But they didn't bring up that scene, which you'd think no. that, that should stand out more. Uh, I quote it, and people look at me, they have no idea what that's, like, where that's going. <laughs> Well, it makes me think, too, you mentioned with Vietnam, you know, I had never heard of this movie, The Best Years of Our Lives, before you mentioned it to me, and we were going to watch it for the podcast. And it was fascinating watching it just in general, looking at the hardships of soldiers coming back from World War II. You always think about with movies and soldiers' hardships, you go to Vietnam, you think about that. But then, yeah, I didn't know if many films covered this topic. They did a good job with it, just overall. Well, that's a really good chance to ask what you thought of the movie overall, or what you thought of the last two-thirds of the movie yeah. overall. <laughs> well, from what I remember, it was pretty much right after this minute, I remember him getting out of the bed, so I'm like, all right, he's up and at him, and 
trying to piece together from there. I you know, I thought it was well done. Again, even there is a point later on where he gets into a fight where someone brings up whether or not the U.S. was fighting on the right side of things or should have been teamed up with someone else. You're like, whoa, were people actually yeah. discuss that sort of thing? Because it seemed it felt very much like a... You know, Vietnam soldiers come home. A very modern argument. Yeah. And it's just like, wow, it kind of puts you in like, wait, maybe any soldier coming back from any war deals with hardships that are kind of universal. Yeah, We we won't get political, but let's just say a very modern uh, argument, like much more modern than Vietnam, like like this fall. (laughs) Everywhere. Um, Did um, Myler end up kind of... Getting caught up in the McCarthyism of it all, too. Oh, that is something I should know off the top of my head. I'm trying to find. I'm trying to find it. Hold on, where I? Yeah, I feel like I read the timeline. Some... This came out in forty nine. This forty six. Forty six. Okay, so. But I know some of the. I know some of the. Well, controversy, if you will, around this movie was that it was a little too real for some people. See, that's what I could have picked. I'd never seen, especially of this era, something so kind of striking. Oh, interesting, huh? I could see McCarthy not being Oh, here it is. Okay, so there's this book. I think I referenced it in an earlier minute. Um, it's from the British Film Institute, and it's by Sarah Kosloff, if I'm saying that right, K-O-Z-L-O-F-F, about the best years of our lives. And in the controversy section, dun-dun-dun. So I guess Goldwyn's head of publicity, William Herbert, was anxious about the reaction of right-wing Hearst newspapers to the drugstore scene critique of anti-communism. But surprisingly, the ultra-right-wing American Legion sent Goldwyn a letter of praise for the film. Then later on, where's this thing? Oh, so there is a quote from Wilder about, says, um, by the fall of 47, Hugh Hacks, which is the House, what was it, the House Un-American Activities Committee, I believe, um, investigation of communism in Hollywood was in full gear. When the Hollywood 10 were subpoenaed, Weiler was positive that HUAC was going to quash the production of social problem films that adopted a liberal approach to the country's ills. And when he spoke up on the radio broadcast, Hollywood Fights Back, he said, quote, I'm convinced I wouldn't be allowed today to make the best years of our lives as it was made a year ago. That is a result of the activities of the Un-American on American Activities Committee, they are making decent people afraid to express their opinion. opinions. Oh, I can't speak, sorry. They're creating fear in Hollywood. Fear will result in self-censorship. Self-censorship will paralyze the screen. Unquote. I don't think we mentioned this back in the scenes with Homer, but one thing I came across researching was that technically William Wyler was a disabled veteran, obviously not to Homer's extent. Uh, he had a uh, partial hearing loss or deaf in one ear. I've seen it both ways, which didn't come from combat, but he was making documentaries. Oh. <laughs> um, so he was, he was a veteran. He did serve in the war, but the same way that I studied a lot of Capra and uh, uh, actually mm. a lot of William Wyler when I took that class in propaganda and film. Yeah, he was working on that loud noise, partial deafness, or the point is, he wasn't deaf, but after he did have a disability from it, technically. Mm-hmm. And th- there have been references to him drawing on his own experience returning home after three years. Oh, and now I'm looking at a lovely picture of Audrey Hepburn and Roman Holiday. Oh. And I would just like to say, if anyone <laughs> would like to do a podcast on Roman Holiday where I get to go to Rome... Hit me up. <laughs> um, I did read too. I'm just doing some research. Look mm-hmm. at now the obituary for Miss for Weiler. Apparently, during the McCarthy period, he had 
who would lo- like list loan lots of people money. Yeah. Like someone went to jail. Loan money to help. And they said he <laughs> mentioned that he would uh, if you loan people money, he didn't remember that. So he just would just send out money to any people who need help that he knew. And oh. that's what they say you're supposed to do. Hey, just give people money. That's if they ever pay you back, that's just like the bonus. He says, "Yeah." One of his quotes is, "I have a lot of money and I want to do this." So it's like, "Hey, oh, this guy, wow, billionaires, do you hear that?" <laughs> send out money. <laughs> Just saying, you can Just still saying. be billionaires. <laughs> no one should be a billionaire. Oh, look at that. It got political. Hey. Um, <laughs> Take it. McCarthyism was brought up. I I you know. restrained myself pretty well. Now I'm thinking about Gregory Peck movies. So like, I'm legit. Oh, Gregory Peck. He has such a great screen presence. I just, oh, sorry. No, that's, hey. but I like that I like the actors they have for these roles because no one overwhelms the screen at any point in time. Mm. Even even Fred in his big moments, his big I'm making a speech, I'm making a point moment. Like, I can only think of one time where a character like looms in the frame and it's much more about where they are sitting at that moment than it is about the character. So I think this is a beautifully cast film. And more learn about mm. the guy who played Homer. That was a fascinating story. Mm. It just was overall very well made. And again, it seems like it was a little bit out of its ahead of its time. Some of the topics yeah. they covered. You got all mushy at the ending. It was real cute. Mm, was <laughs> Did you have a favorite character or scene? Ooh. Well, I mean, I do like, you know, when it gets when he gets to the see the the field of planes he starts to figure out what's going on there just kind of a it just was a, just a sort of a striking moment just yeah. seeing all the you know the planes there and what the next step is and it's kind of like well that's a you know the whole thing about uh was it turning your swords into plowshares and or oh. that kind of I heard the exact quote like you know everything there's a season but now is the time to you know build war is over let's uh look to the future in a better way shoot i wonder if i can find it there was a company Aha! It does still exist. It's literally called Sword and Plow. Oh. And they make bags out of surplus canvas. Oh, wow. And, like, use tents and stuff like that. Hmm. Being cool. an ex-military history major, this is something that has caught my eye on many yeah. <laughs> occasions. It's literally just Sword and Plow, and it's repurposed bags, canvas and leather totes, wool handbags, duffel bags, and leather wallets. So hey. just throwing that out there. And I think if I'm recalling correctly, it is veterans that work. Oh, great. Our, our founders, sisters, Emily and Betsy, born into a military family. Hey, Middlebury College. Oh. Hey. Hi, Vermont. To <laughs> do by incorporating veterans into every stage of the business from design to sewing, management, fulfillment, sales, even modeling, we could empower veteran employment through its branding and outreach. Sword and Plow could help bridge the civil military divide. And that's, again, what this movie so. hits. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, it's a perfect, so you think about, yeah, because especially when you're in like the theater of war and what your life is like and then coming back it can just be lots of support especially even you know back then when you didn't talk about certain things or what you were going through and megan am i forgetting anything that we usually do (laughs) he mentioned when he first saw it check yeah pretty much (laughs) yeah check 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 (laughs) oh well usually we talk ask them if there's anything that they want to talk about this film that's not that we haven't covered, whether it's these minutes or not, is what I'm trying to not oh, eloquently right. spit out <laughs> of my mouth and form yeah. the words that you might understand. <laughs> <laughs> 
From what I'm gathering, I <laughs> yeah. think. I'm gathering. Uh, you're saying words, yeah. but they mean nothing to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we hit the stuff again. I think that just the scene where he gets into the fight, I just found that amazing to see that in a movie from that era. <laughs> just like, whoa, it's like the year after the war ends, and someone's like, hey, we should have been on this side. It's like, what? <laughs> but it's just, you know, it's people are, you know, there's going to be... Also, if someone says we were on the wrong side of World War II, perhaps you should punch that person into a grocery display, I'm just saying! Hey, <laughs> maybe it's happening these days. How we uh, speak. The only thing, the only problem we have run into with that is we have a book on aircraft, oh, yeah. and it That's... has a page about airships. Yeah. And of course, the example of an airship is German late 1930s because that is when they were made and they made the best ones and the Hindenburg and blah, blah, blah. So I understand completely why this book has a blimp or whatever, an airship with swastikas on the tail fins. Like it's historically accurate. That's fine. They also took about the Messerschmitt. They talk about all sorts of different planes. Totally legit. Fine. Except that we have a two-year-old who loves this book. And so yes. we, being good parents of Tom, like, those are bad guy flags. Like, good guys and bad guys built airships. And, like, this happens to be one of the bad guys' airships. And that's why that, and anytime you see that symbol, that's a bad guy. Which is fine, except that he has now internalized that, that all tail fins on all airships are bad guy flags. <laughs> Oh, no. And so, like, we're watching Cars, and there's a light year blip, oh, and it's yeah. just like oh, the no. bad guys. I'm like, no, no, that's not the same thing. Oh, Remember oh. we talked about the symbol on yep. the flag? Because it put some other planes and just say <laughs> Oh. Is that like how Izzy loves pumpkins, but the minute you make it a jack-o'-lantern, she's like, oh, no. You oh. hurt the pumpkin. Oh, no, that's scary. It's scary. <laughs> You didn't tell me you were gonna kill it. <laughs> Pretty much. My husband was like, do you want to make a jack-o'-lantern? And she's like, okay. And then he starts cutting into it and she's like, you're holding a pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> Done. Mike's like, but it's smiling. And she's like, no. <laughs> we're like, oh, okay. Oh, Izzy okay. is not fooled by the artifice of the jack-o'-lantern. <laughs> she's she's, not, she's like, <laughs> turn the pumpkin around and say, look, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> There's minute. nothing to see here. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, I thought that was a very good way of explaining to a two-year-old yes. what is no, going no, on. No, it totally is. But it turns out like toddler said, we'll like find the one loophole and be like, that you don't think of. Because in the book, it like, shows... Yeah. It shows that airship, then a few pages later it shows some military planes with that symbol. So we can sort of match that together. It's like, oh, oh yeah. we're kind of yeah. like, oh, there's the bad guy symbol yeah. again. So, but it's just like, oh. oh. And, uh, I'm so sorry. I have so many inappropriate for him books in this house. <laughs> and we're really doing our best. I was actually, when I was looking at doing the Olympics, because I'm obsessed with the Olympics, and thanks to the wonders of the Criterion Collection and HBO, I can now watch so much Olympics. And it was like, I, I mean, 36 has a lot to, to tell the world. Like, it's an important thing yeah. to learn about. But yeah. like, we're not watching that while he's awake. <laughs> and I also feel like I shouldn't watch it. Like, I will be on some watch list. Yeah. <laughs> like, ah, she watched the Lenny Richensal ones, and I'm like, but oh, no. <laughs> the history part. Of- no, I mean, well, you know, you could be doing a whole film retrospective of her. Because, like, in her later years, she got into doing a lot of underwater, photo- you know, filmography. She she did all those documentaries about coral reefs and fish and 
uh, f- folks listening to this podcast, don't bother with her. Just watch Hedy Lamar stuff. It's fine. Oh. Um, <laughs> she's good. <laughs> Hedy like Lamar her. hated her too, so it's great. Yeah, yeah, so it, yeah. It, it all works out. Um, this doesn't count as a tangent. We're talking about a World War Two movie. <laughs> World War Two. Still in that zone. That's right. Right. It's topical. It's topical. You know, a crazed fascist leader hangs his last days in a bunker. Remember when we uh, were wrapping up and not getting yeah, into trouble? That's right. <laughs> I remember that. I remember when I was going to ask Megan if she had anything to plug today. (laughs) Um, Visit your public library. Virtually. Safe. I was going to say virtually because as of. Virtually, especially. As of this uh, recording. Well, COVID's not being kind. So uh, (laughs) to put it so mildly. (laughs) And let's face it. Even. You should still be being very careful. Yes, I'm, I'm assuming in yes. January, you're going to want to still be careful. Your public library might not still be open, so be kind. We're doing if our best. If, we're doing our best. If if you call or request books online, it might take a day or two. Don't don't call and be that person who complains about your tax dollars, please. We're, we're, we're working on it, really. Interlibrary loan was even in the best of times, was never designed for last minute research. So please don't call me up two days before and say you need it now when UNH is the nearest library that has it. It's on the other side of the state. It's going to take a while anyway. I'm so sorry, but interlibrary loan is not designed for last minute research. That's my takeaway. Do you know (laughs) what you could do to kill that time while waiting for your interlibrary loans to come in? I have some ideas. (laughs) You could listen to more of the Best Minutes podcast. Hey. Hey. (laughs) Which can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play, or at the main website, thebestminutes.com. And hey, Tierney, you know what? That can be done last minute. Ta-da! Yes. Hey. There are... There are so many hours of podcasts for your entertainment. You do not need to harass librarians. (laughs) You can just place your request and then calmly listen to podcasts that interest you until you get the notification that your hold is ready for pickup. It's not that hard. We'll let you know when it's ready. Don't worry about it. Exactly. If you're calling your library and asking inane reference questions because you miss talking to other people, I get it. We've all been through a lot. But you know what you could do instead of annoying reference librarians? You could go on social media and interact with people there. Specifically on Facebook at the listeners group Butch's Place, the Best Years of Our Lives Listeners Cafe, or on Twitter where the handle is at the best minutes, all one word. So there are a plethora of opportunities for you. Yes. Your public library might even have virtual programs you can partake in. So, you know, if you need a break from podcasting, which let's face it, sometimes you do. It's a good Zoom videos. <laughs> I know, right? YouTube videos. I, I do cooking videos on YouTube now on my library's page. It's it's fun. There you go. Because I'm promoting cookbooks. Oh, oh. You know, don't forget to eat, guys. I know it's really easy when it's stressed to not eat. Maybe I'm speaking for myself, but you should eat too. Drink your water. We have very different reactions to stress, <laughs> Megan. <laughs> Well, sometimes I do overeat. I also have a tendency to, like, bake and then realize, especially these COVID times, I don't have anyone to voice the baked goods <laughs> on to. Like, I'm stuck with all three dozen cookies I made, and I well. don't have the freezer room to freeze them. <laughs> oh, so you have to eat them So I have all. to eat them all, or they go bad. Dear listeners, don't let your cookies go bad. Don't let Bake, them go bad. eat, and rejoin us here tomorrow for another episode of The Best Minutes Podcast. Bye.
better hurry up out there, because she's taking off soon. Right, thanks. Come on, Taylor. 